Beginning a symphony with a funeral march may well be considered typically Malarian. Both the second and third symphonies made ample use of the funeral march to set the stage for the entire work, presenting the tragic elements and antagonistic forces to be overcome when each of these symphonies reaches its conclusion. Mahler also included a funeral cortege in his first symphony and in his Wunderhorn song Der Tamborgsgesell. Earlier composers such as Haydn, Beethoven, Mendelssohn, and Chopin incorporated funeral marches in their works. Haydn's Military Symphony's third movement has one, Beethoven's third symphony's second movement, Mendelssohn's Midsummer Night's Dream incidental music, and Chopin's Piano Sonata No. 2 and B-flat minor all have one. But Mahler gives special purpose to this funeral march, making it representative not only of death itself, but of the negative, destructive side of the human spirit. It establishes the dramatic frame of reference for the entire symphony, the overcoming of humanity's tragic fate through a struggle between positive and negative forces, during which diverse elements of the human spirit are explored and integrated into the substance of the symphony's life world, thus to achieve fuller self-understanding. Although the undeveloped repetition of the funeral march theme may seem monotonous, there is method in its unvaried treatment. In Nietzschean terms, it may connote the eternal return of human suffering, the endless cycle of the tragic fate of mortality. The monotony of the main theme's many repetitions contrasts with the trio, which responds to the tragedy with outrage and deep sorrow in different ways with each reprise. Only perhaps in Revelga, the Wunderhorn song, had Mahler expressed his anger at the senseless injustice of human suffering with such ferocity as he does in the first trio. The contrast between brooding melancholy and ferocious anger is as extreme as it gets in a single movement of a Mahler symphony. The music becomes seething with ill-tempered rage. Sudden violent outbursts abruptly forego transition as divergent mood swings arise without warning. Flatted major and minor keys taint the music with a pathetic stain. Motivic elements, such as the opening trumpet figures and a rising minor ninth that falls to the octave, are wrenched from melodic material or rhythmic accompaniment and used throughout the symphony as symbols of tragic fate and Mahler's enraged reaction to it. All these elements combine to generate a movement of profound pathos, more deeply expressive of tragedy and unrestrained in its ferocity than in any other music written before the turn of the last century. Unlike Mahler's earlier funeral marches, the first movement begins with an introduction of considerable length, 34 bars. On a single, unaccompanied instrument, the trumpet, Mahler pronounces the tragic fate of humankind. Man appears alone, as if stark naked, and left with no support or protection to face ultimate annihilation. The solo trumpet's military fanfare set in the slow, even, and deliberate tread of a funeral procession, begins with a figure that recalls the so-called fate motto from Beethoven's Fifth Symphony. Here it is.
In Mahlerian terms, Mahler creates a full-length introductory subject out of military tattoos associated in the previous symphonies with the hero. As in the second symphony, the hero has died and is being led to his grave. The source of this extensive opening sequence of trumpet tattoos is the Der Kleine Appell from the first movement of the fourth symphony. Mahler forces us to consider not only how the two symphonies relate, but whether this relationship puts the earlier symphony in a new perspective. As a focal point in the fourth, the appearance of Der Kleine Appel to open the fifth may be considered as the fulfillment of a prophetic vision. In the fourth, it happened unexpectedly in the midst of a joyful frolic demolished by an orchestral explosion. In the fifth, it comes out of nowhere is played without accompaniment of any kind, including any steady funeral march beat. The triplet figure of Beethoven's fate motto takes on motivic significance. We'll call it motive X. It is a tragic predisposition to life that colors the symphonic world of part one. This same triplet figure played an important role in the funeral march from the first movement of both the second and third symphonies. By combining the motive of the hero with the Beethovenian fate motto, Mahler presents the essence of the human dilemma. To be the hero of one's own life, one must overcome the painful sense of doom that thoughts of death can engender, and affirm life. The trumpet expands upon the motto of fate, adding dotted rhythms characteristic of Mahler's march music. They reach higher and higher until the entire orchestra takes over with a massive thrust of A major on a semi-cadence. Then the trumpet continues its fatalistic call on dotted rhythms accompanied by rhythmic replicas of the opening tattoos in the full orchestra. Three powerful chords form an elongated version of the terror motive with which the finale of the second symphony begins. They give way to the opening tattoo thrust out by the entire orchestra, in a furious volley of triplets that express outrage at the cruel fate of the hero, in this case, all humanity. While heavy trilled chords sink to the depths, a new motive is heard in the horns, we'll call it motive Y. Three notes in dotted rhythm, the first falling by a half step, the motive of woe, and the second falling by a much wider interval. Here is the motive. This motive seems to convey a sense of hopelessness in the face of the inevitable. It will return in Das Lied von der Erde during the orchestral interlude between the two poems of Der Abschied. The third repetition of motive Y falls by a ninth, such a plunge being symbolic of a leap of death. A caisson-like clipped dotted rhythm, we'll call motive Z, stated solemnly by trombones, now emerges. 
The skip-step rhythm of Motif Z provides the basic funeral march tread, which is later incorporated into the main theme of the movement soon to appear. Softly and haltingly, the moody funeral march theme begins very softly in first violins and cellos. Mahler has the violins play in their low register and the cellos in their high register, thus forming almost a unison-like effect, but with a slightly darker hue than if given to the violins alone. Pizzicato notes on strong beats mark the tempo. For the most part, this solemn tune functions as the principal theme of the movement. It is rather mild for a funeral march, certainly not as morose as the one appearing in Beethoven's Eroica Symphony, or as plodding as in Chopin's second piano sonata. In fact, this funeral march theme sounds more like the third subject of the Adagio movement from Bruckner's Sixth Symphony, which is doleful in character, but is uncharacteristic of a funeral march. Yet like both the Beethoven and Chopin themes, Mahler's funeral march is built around dotted rhythms that rise or fall by a half-step, relating them to motif Z and giving them a rocking motion suggestive of a Jewish lullaby. A short lilting phrase appears in the first part of the theme that seems out of character for funeral march music, a half-note followed by a grace-noted dotted rhythmic figure and ending with a little Slavonic dance step, the entire two bars forming a gruppetto. This two-bar thematic fragment relates to a similar phrase in the light-hearted klezmer music that occurs during the funeral march movement of the first symphony. There, this dance rhythm seems more appropriate for the light-hearted folk theme in which it appears than it does in the context of this funeral march. Also, in contrast with the First Symphony's funeral march, the funeral procession that opens the fifth evokes no memories of happier times to relieve the sorrow of mourning. Instead, a change in mood only brings on raging anger. After a full cadence, the Beethovenian fate motto of the opening fanfare returns in the cellos, accompanied by the processional beat of motif Z. Soon the entire orchestra builds on the triplet tattoos from the introduction until the trumpet again picks up its opening fanfare, intensified by rapid ascending and descending scales. 
As before, the reprise of the introduction concludes with a series of upbeat triplets for full orchestra, connected by a military drum roll, and followed by an extension of the trumpet fanfare on motive Y, with trilled descending chromatics in low woodwinds and strings. The march theme returns in an extended treatment that varies the theme slightly with each statement and adds more woodwind coloration. The theme is then given over entirely to the woodwinds when the key changes to A-flat, set against an inverted variant of the theme in the cellos. Woodwinds and strings alternate in developing the principal theme, while horns, trombones, and military side drum add motive Z that sets the pace for the funeral cortege. When the strings take up the theme at the end of the A section and the tonality reverts back to C-sharp minor, the theme now incorporates motive Y, another instance in which basic rhythmic figures that first appear to have no thematic significance become part of a theme as it develops. an abbreviated version of the caisson-like march phrase of motive Z, with trills against the triplet upbeats of the introduction, closes the section, and the music dies away, still in the doldrums of profound tragedy. As the march rhythms fade, the third trumpet concludes the A section quietly on motive X from the opening fanfare. Suddenly the fanfare is thrust aside just as it is about to conclude by the forceful entrance of violas on an upbeat that begins a three-note motto, consisting of a rising super octave into a falling minor second, connoting woe. This figure is ripped out of the march theme and disfigured by widening the rising interval to a twelfth. It hurdles the music into the first trio in B-flat minor with extreme violence. It shocks us out of the gloomy but quiet funeral music of the A section. Racing wildly and furiously, the music vents its anger at the injustice of human tragic fate on a new theme in the first trumpet. Propelled by raging eighth note figuration in strings and fraught with descending chromatics that are sometimes pounded out emphatically on quarter note triplets, Mahler directs the strings to play as vehemently as possible. Syncopated trombone chords add to the tension, 
Repeated falling fourths in the bass at the beginning of the trio recall the funeral march tread appearing in the first and second symphonies, here played in double time. The first part of the trumpet theme consists mainly of wide rising leaps and descending chromatic dotted rhythms. Falling seconds of woe underline the tragic character of the theme. This music might be considered as Mahler's j'accuse against life itself, or its creator, for allowing such unremitting human suffering. Trumpet theme's second part is composed of two arch-like phrases that yearn for a resolution of the conflict between man's fate and his longing for redemption. It also relates to the funeral march theme of the A section. With all of its rage, this trio theme still projects a ray of hope in an arching phrase heard in the solo trumpet at the end of the last segment. This phrase will return in the second movement, to counteract an even stronger negative reaction to life's tragic suffering. As we just heard, in the midst of the trio's uncontrolled fury, the trumpet tattoos of the introduction abruptly return, hurtling out their triplet rhythms, motive X, to which is added a falling minor second of woe, only to be subjected to a deluge of wild string figuration. Woodwinds ring out fragments of the trio theme, after a timpani volley, again on falling fourths, the horns take up the arching phrase of the trumpet theme and force it to rise heavenward, seeking relief from the painful recall of human tragedy. Just as the trio section seems to be headed toward a conclusion, it revives with renewed fury. In this second part of the first trio, the rising theme of hope becomes more prominent. The music presses onward and upward on the trumpet's angry theme, set against the hopeful rising theme in violins, soaring to greater heights than before. Emphasis on weak beats connotes a sense of undaunted courage in the face of inevitable defeat. The theme reaches a powerful climax on the motive of woe, only to burst forth yet again on the enraged string figuration that accompanied the trumpet's theme at the beginning of the trio. In the midst of the anger theme, the opening trumpet fanfare returns, as if out of nowhere, to close the first trio. 
it is apparent that no resolution has yet been achieved, although the return of the rising theme of hope in the horns is a sign that all may not yet be lost. The recurrent use of the trumpet fanfare as a bridge to the return of the A section's funeral march gives the movement a rondo-like quality. As the tonality changes back to the tonic, C-sharp minor, shuddering chromatic tremolos with accents on weak beats add an icy chill to the funeral music's tragic character. Soon the entire introduction returns with the same sequence of strong chords and upbeat triplets from the end of the movement's opening section. With the inevitability of pure logic, the funeral march theme, now marked schwer, heavy, returns softly in woodwinds against the march tread of motive Z. A trumpet plays an even gloomier variation of it. Then the opening of the trio theme intrudes, reminding us of its angry accusation. After a modulation into B-flat minor, the key of the first trio, the trio theme shifts to woodwinds and solo horns in a calmer mood, to usher in a brief statement of the swaying phrase from the second part of the funeral march theme. Another variation on this theme follows, inverting the dotted rhythmic figure with which it begins, adding a gruppetto as well as the opening phrase from the trio theme, thereby both absorbing and tempering its wrath. The cadence with which this thematic variation concludes is a direct quote from the first song from the Kintototen leader cycle, which is sung to the words Heil sei dem Freudenlich der Welt, Hail to the joyous light of the world. Here, the invocation of light as a symbol of redemption brings hope as the A section dies away on a more subdued statement of the trumpet tattoo played quietly on the timpani.
Here is the phrase from the first song of Kindertotenlieder. As the triplet upbeats of the opening fanfare subside in the timpani, the second trio begins in a completely different mood than before. Its violent anger has disappeared. Instead, the solemnity of the funeral march carries over into the second trio. Although Paul Becker considers the violin theme with which the second trio begins to be a new theme, it is actually a transformation of the trumpet theme from the first trio now mollified into a mournful, song-like melody akin to the Funeral March theme. Motives X and Y from the opening of the Funeral March accompany the second trio theme, thus conflating March and trio. Their rising ninths that give way to falling minor seconds sound like little heartbreaking sighs. Cellos take up the variegated trio theme briefly until it is transferred to the violins. A horn asserts the rising theme of hope, as if to instill a sense that there may yet be light at the end of this long, dark tunnel of despair. Strings take up the theme of hope as in the first trio, again reaching heavenward for some sign that redemption is possible. They manage to arouse some passion from the beleaguered spirit as the tempo presses forward on a brief recollection of the string figuration from the first trio, but it's no longer ill-tempered as before. The theme of hope, its fragmentation producing the motive of longing, struggles with the trio theme and becomes more assertive as its anguish intensifies, until both themes merge into overpowering tragic chords marked clogant, sorrowful, that explode out of the entire orchestra. Here the movement reaches its climax. All of the tortuous pain that dreadful thoughts of death have wrought seem to be distilled in these overwhelming sustained chords. From a great height, the music descends in stepwise motion held back for emphasis on shivering tremolo strings that chill the atmosphere. A sense of unremediable hopelessness overwhelms the music as it gives way to total collapse. Trombones menacingly intone an ascending chromatic figure in half-note triplets 
out of which the trumpet fanfare returns in an abbreviated version of the movement's introduction. String tremolos descend chromatically, adding a tremulous quality to the dark, solemn music. The funeral march continues on the falling dotted rhythms of the trumpet fanfare, anticipating the next movement. Cellos and basses take up this falling figure in a heavy-laden tempo and in augmentation, and the funeral procession slows down to a crawl. As the tonality comes to rest on its home key of C-sharp minor, the solo trumpet begins for the last time the solemn fanfare with which the movement began. This time its upbeat triplets are punctuated by woodwinds and skeletal rattling of colenio strings with intermittent timpani rolls. The tattoos shift from the B trumpet to muted F trumpet and rise higher, each triplet figure broken off by the distant sound of a soft bass drum roll. Mahler creates the sensation that the procession is gradually fading away as he transfers the last triplet tattoo to the flute, which holds on to its final note, the tonic, for two long measures. Only the distant roll of a bass drum can be heard after the flute ceases. Then a sudden jolt on a strong pizzicato note in bass strings poignantly punctuates the conclusion of the movement with an exclamation point. one is left with a feeling of utter desolation. The terrible questions about the meaning of life and death remain unanswered. The conflict between opposing forces of the human spirit unresolved. 